0: Hello, this is me, John Deeks, and welcome to another Your Life Choices podcast. How are your finances traveling? As we get into later life, it's important that we take care of our pennies, as many of us are not going to earn as we might have in the past. So let's visit with someone who might just have some clues as we navigate financially. As we move into older age, our guest today is Jackie Clark, a wealth and money management expert who has had over three decades of in helping families protect their money. And her new book, Stop Worrying About Money, is a guide to dealing with financial obstacles, including what you need to know about legacy planning, expert common money mistakes people make and how to deal with financial cheating. That's just a few of the subjects. There's a lot to unpack. And this is the lady to help me. Jackie Clark, welcome.
1: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. This is going to be a
0: lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. I was speaking to a retired police officer a couple of days ago at a function and he said, I'm going to do a lot of traveling. I said, terrific. He said, yep, I'm going to die with a dollar in the bank. I said, well, that's great, but uh, how do you know when you're going to die? (laughs) Uh, And I sort of can empathize Being 72, I mean, I'm looking forward to now spending money traveling and and whatever, whatever, and I would like to be able to whittle it all down so the day that uh, I get taken away I know there's not much in there, but we don't know when that's going to be, do we?
1: (laughs) No, we don't, John. I guess that's the critical part of planning for these types of things. Not so much planning for your death, which I I do actually cover in the book, but also planning for how you're going to have your break.
0: Absolutely, and of course, we look. We're going to be talking to a lot of folks today who some have a lot of money, some have very little money. I guess it's very hard to generalise, of course, because everyone's situation is different, but. Tell me about why you wrote this book, Stop Worrying About Money, Jackie.
1: Well, thanks, John. Look, I uh, had just come to the end of a very significant career. I'd been uh, in a 30-year executive career. Uh, I'd spent 20 of those as a partner at Deloitte. I was contemplating what my next uh, moves were going to be, and I was looking at things like board roles and other things. But uh, I engaged a personal coach or business coach to sort of help me contemplate what life might look like. Mm Mm-hmm. And I said, look, I've got an awful lot of wisdom around money that I'd like to share with people, but, you know, I've only got so much time. And so really decided to put that wisdom into a book because it was the best way that I could help more people in the absence of having, you know, additional capacity to help everybody around the world.
0: (laughs) So again, as I mentioned earlier, uh, uh, everyone's situation is different. So tell me some of the, the, the commonality in the book that would help everyone.
1: Oh, look, uh, it has broad applicability. If you think about right from the get-go, the first thing I'm talking to people about is essentially understanding what your baseline costs are. So the most important thing is, and I challenge all your listeners on this, do they know what it costs to open their front door at home? So the most important thing is really getting that baseline set up, John.
0: Do you mean like uh, power, uh, if you're paying rent or if you're still paying a mortgage, Mortgage. uh, gas, food, etc.
1: That's right. And that becomes quite critical. You think about things like subscriptions as well. If you are planning to travel, uh, like the policeman, essentially you need to think about how many of those things do I need to continue if I'm going to travel as well, even if it's three-month trip to Europe or a road trip around Australia? What are the things that you can disconnect or discontinue during that point in time?
0: I hadn't even thought of that. That's that, well, There you go. Already the book's uh, working. Uh, um, so, so what about legacy planning?
1: I used to go and do presentations on the two certainties in life, death and taxes. I think the most important thing to realise is that th- the reality is no one knows when they're going to die. So we all need to have a will. This is not just a, a discussion for people over 70. Yep. Um, this is for all of us. And it's important that you communicate with your family while you're alive about what your wishes are with respect. And it, it doesn't actually need to be a whole lot of money we're talking about. You don't have to think, oh, I need to be rich to have an estate, it, the smallest amount of money can cause the most problems in a family. So you need a will that clearly articulates where you'd like your money to go when you die.
0: And even down to small things, Jackie, like uh, my mum would write a little note or a stick on the bottom of her precious bits, whom she would like it to go to. So uh, when she passed, uh, the family doesn't come in like a you know bunch of seagulls on a bunch of chips. Um, she, there are her wishes there. So even down to small things like that.
1: Yeah, look, that's probably one of the things that people seem to leave. We had an issue in our family with an old roll-top desk that my grandfather had made. Yep. Uh, you, oh, he made. It can come wow. down to the things he'd made. It can come down to, it can be a real battle. And these are the things that your siblings remember. It's not so much the cash, which will probably be equally shared. It can be all the fine detail. Yes, the jewellery, certain artefacts, paintings. Some people talk about Tupperware containers. You know, things that you may perceive have little value have some sentimental value to other family members. But I think the most important thing, John, is if you don't have the conversation, it's open to interpretation.
0: And it's very easy to say, oh, when I am die, die, it doesn't matter. They can sort it out themselves. Well, let me tell you, <laughs> where there's a will, there's a relative, isn't there? Yeah.
1: Isn't that true? And, you know, the other thing that's really on the rise in Australia is Family Provision Act. Claims. You'll hear all the stories about people um, fighting these battles out in the press, which are usually wealthy families. But there's a good amount of Aussies with one or two or three million dollars worth of wealth whose families have gone to the court and said, "I didn't get a fair share."
0: How often do people contest wills? Uh, Is it like you know, twenty percent, ten percent?
1: It's more than twenty percent now in our country. Oh, really? Yeah, it is terrible. You know, I asked people the question what do you want your legacy to be and you don't want to spend your entire life building your family to have it all torn apart when they are informed that they get x or y in your will because you haven't communicated
0: so much money going to lawyers
1: usually where it goes
0: yeah so you're not a lawyer are you a lawyer
1: no i'm a chartered accountant
0: okay but but (laughs) like if you if you go to a lawyer and you say these are my wishes you know it still could be contested yeah
1: Oh, look, absolutely, which is again why I come back to the key to getting this right is communication. So you might not like that I'm leaving you or your sibling something different in the will, but at least you know about it. And to be honest, if there's a conversation to be had, let's have it now while I'm alive because to have lawyers battle it out and mediate amongst your children or other family members, um, it, it does just soaks up that precious resource of your estate uh, and it'll all be gone in no time.
0: Coming back to your earlier statement, uh, Jackie Clark, uh, talking about what it costs to open the door for your house, which is interesting because I have never thought of that before. Setting money goals. Some good Jackie Clark tips on setting money goals when you have retired.
1: I think this is easier somewhat when you've retired because you're likely to be looking out probably around a travel program or some type of um, activity or passion that you're following. So you'll have an idea that if it's a walking the Camino Trail or a book tour in France or whatever it might be, I think that when you are planning for retirement or you are actually retired, you tend to plan your life around these significant events. What they're great for in the context of goals is you see the horizon which says in three years I'm going to the 2020 or 27 event, or maybe it's next year, then that's the opportunity for you to make a decision. What's the financial goal that needs to go or belong with that goal? Does that make sense, John?
0: It does. And Jackie, you have for the last three decades been advising people on uh, how best to uh, use their money. What are some of the biggest mistakes people make?
1: There's probably three that I talk about, seem to talk about the most. The one that will probably be less relevant perhaps to your listeners is wearing and driving your money which is the one where people are essentially always upgrading their wardrobes having the nicest gear and driving the nicest car my sense is that people once they get to their 50s and sixties, essentially have got that down pat they're less interested in you know demonstrating how good they look or um, keeping up with the joneses Hmm. but where the, the bigger issue actually lies in doing nothing so in relationships, typically one of the persons actually takes care of the finances uh-huh. and one doesn't. And so the biggest risk, the biggest personal risk you face is if you aren't accountable around the finances in your home, there's a number of factors. For example, your financial literacy is not there. And to be fair, if something happens to a partner of yours in this period of in your life, you're on the back foot if your financial interest is low, your spouse has a heart attack or something else goes wrong or becomes ill and you have to step up and take on the financial matters of the household, it can be super stressful on top of what you're already dealing with. But you're also your skills are also low. Mm. So you have to build up from there. So doing nothing, a lot of people put their head in the sand, but this does not obviously constitute a plan. So, you know, where does that leave you? And then probably the third biggest thing is where we started the call today, which is not understanding baseline costs. The biggest mistake people make is that they don't know what it costs to run their lifestyle. So how can you make informed adjustments if you actually don't know? And there are other factors that have played in, no doubt, through all of our lives, John, and this will no doubt resonate with you, but as you earn more income over time in your career or life, you may, instead of buying a $12 bottle of wine, Ordered twenty five dollars bottle of wine, and then it might be thirty, and then it might be fifty, and it could be seventy five, it could be more than that. And so we, as our income goes up, there's this phenomenon really called income and expense creep. People's lifestyles naturally expand with their income. And I think if you're looking forward yeah. to retirement, or well, you're in it, you need to work out uh, what's going to how you're going to right size back to the income that you're planning on earning.
0: Oh, if I I could just earn another $5 a week, I'd be fine. I remember when I was a kid, you know, you think, if I could only earn that amount, I'd be fine. But uh, a bit like having more rooms in your house, you'll fill it up. Don't worry about that.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. There is a
0: very interesting uh, piece there called How to Deal with Financial Cheating. Explain.
1: I certainly can. This is a real concern, and I think this comes also in times when people are a little more worried about things like the cost of living, that sometimes if you're used to spending money in a relationship, and this really applies to people in relationships, you might decide to discreetly not tell your partner about that money that you spent. So financial infidelity, as we call it, can be pretty bad for a relationship, and it's not until you start to discover new items arriving in the house, extra packages at the front door. And you might ask the question of your partner, oh, what's that? And they say, oh, this old thing, you know. um, But financial infidelity is a significant issue. It does impact relationships. It is not uncommon. Um, People tell little white lies about things that they spend money on in the family or in the household. And then that can sort of develop more significantly into things such as uh, extra bank accounts, extra credit cards, it can get quite out of control. Obviously, it can go down the path to things more serious where people might have a gambling addiction or a drug habit um, or that, that um, may may initially be hidden. In the old days, you know, bank statements would arrive, John, in the mail and you say, oh, what's your bank account? That's less likely to happen today. Everything's online. So it's more likely to show itself in the form of things appearing in the house in terms of a, a, a buying habit or spending that maybe not agreed in the family or in line with the budget. I don't know if it's appropriate to raise it here. People might think it's a bit unfair, but there's another form of financial infidelity, much more serious, but um, elder abuse.
0: Oh, yes. No, the, absolutely.
1: Yeah, look, and I think for everyone on the call, again, setting yourselves up having the right people around you advising you on money is critical I talk about personal finance village and having the right experts around you who you can trust who you've confirmed their credentials of you've know, done all the right things in, in securing advisors but elder abuse is an interesting thing and as you get older um, adult kids might the classic form of elder abuse in Australia is you know where the kids say look um, why don't we sell the family home you don't need it anymore, it's too big for you. And how about you come and live with us, we'll look after you. And I've read a lot of stories about this, Sean, it's pretty sad. And this is one form of it, there's lots of forms of elder abuse. And invariably the parent or the elder uh, goes to live with their children and essentially get neglected, you know, in in their family home, don't get looked after at all, and their savings have been provided to the child as part of the arrangement. So you can see uh, how that can go wrong as well. But there's lots of different forms of elder abuse and it's it's quite worrying. Jackie,
0: uh, I guess your book uh, is a lot of things to a lot of people. And if it was purchased by someone of a certain age, uh, it would be also worthwhile handing that book down to the younger ones or even making a, a present to the younger ones to give them some uh, insight into how to look after your finances because after all, if we could only be so wise, you sound like you were pretty wise at a young age, but if, if some of us could be wise in our in our teens, let alone 20s and beyond, uh, it would have been a great start.
1: My 82-year-old mother-in-law had saw someone post on Facebook that they thought they were too old for my book and she said, I've read it. I read the draft. It's even helped me. Um, but I think in terms of handing it down to your kids, my kids have got a copy there in their 20s. Uh, there's something in my book for everyone. I think the most important thing I also say is you can come back from your money mistakes. There is a path that you can rewrite. So I think for anybody um, looking for guidance, obviously I cover lots of life ups and downs. And so there's a period of time where some chapters will apply to you today and some chapters will apply to you in the future. I think what I'm trying to do is arm people with skills and knowledge so that when these things do go wrong that they have the tools in their kit you know to help them survive or support them through it
0: stop worrying about money is the book go get it now folks it's just been released stop worrying about money jackie clark with a, a Q UI. Uh, jackie clark is the person is the author and thank you so much for giving up your time today to speak to us on your life choices jackie
1: thanks john They're a lot of fun thank you
0: well, I found that chat with Jackie Clark very enlightening and uh, certainly a, a wonderful book to grab a hold of, Stop Worrying About Money. We always try and educate, inform and entertain here on the Your Life Choices podcast and we hope that you'll continue to listen to them. And until next time, this is me, John Deek, saying thank you, be well, be happy and we'll see you soon.